You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello. We did it. We were in sync. We did a good job. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, we just need a couple practices. <laughs> but, um, so Mariah with Pamela here. You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast. I'm sure you knew that because you clicked on a name and you hit play. But if not, we hope. Welcome. Yeah, if you accidentally arrived, though, welcome oh, to the I don't know. Maybe someone podcast. is listening to this in like their Uber car. That would be cool. <gasps> that would be cool if we okay. could get fans that way. Hey, yeah. Uber drivers everywhere, please play us while you're we working. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anything going on with you right now, Pamela? Um, not a ton. I did take a really nice vacation this last weekend because it's Labor it's Labor Day weekend. I have to work on Labor Day, but we went to Southern Utah and we saw petroglyphs and dinosaur tracks and <gasps> it was really cool. We took a like an eight hour tour um, and we saw the Peekaboo Canyon. It's a slot canyon. Um, it was just beautiful. You guys, if you haven't been to Southern Utah, you need to plan a visit now gorgeous i've lived here for 15 years and i haven't been right i've been i've lived here for five and this is my first trip down there okay i'm going back soon though it's incredible it's my god the beauty there yeah yeah awesome i mean i've been to st george a couple times but like that doesn't really count exactly (laughs) (laughs) well today we have epiphany with us and um without further ado do you mind introducing yourself epiphany I'm happy to do that. Hi, y'all. My name is Epiphany Jordan, and I live in Austin, Texas, and um, I'm on the show today to talk about something that at first glance doesn't seem to be about sex, but it is very related, which is nurturing human touch or platonic touch or non-sexual touch. And um, I've been kind of working on this uh, topic for about the past seven years. I'm on a mission to redesign human touch. Um, I first got interested in this subject when I was uh, studying sacred sexuality with a woman out of Atlanta, Georgia, and um, she would go to pagan festivals and um, present different um, workshops and things about sexuality. And uh, I went to help her out. And one of the things that I worked on with her um, while I was there was um, a uh, thing she had called a Karuna session, which was around non-sexual touch. And I was just really, I, I was participating as a giver and I was just like, wow, this is really having a profound effect on people. And the experience stuck with me. So in 2013, I started um, playing around with the format with a friend of mine and we were getting really positive results. So we turned it into a business and it's a, um, Karuna session is, Karuna is the Sanskrit word for compassion, and um, it's kind of a ritual of human connection. You come into the space, and there's two practitioners that are working with you, so you feel like a king or a queen that's being waited on hand and foot. (laughs) That sounds um, amazing. Oh, it's so so lovely. (laughs) Sign me up now. Yeah. (laughs) We bless you. We wash your feet. We... um, have you meditate and change into ritual garments. And then um, we put the client on the bed and the two, uh, myself and the other practitioner do 
very light touch on um, hands and face and feet and stomach. And um, we do kind of something similar on the back. And then we have the client lay on their side and we hold them in between us. And it kind of mimics the feeling of being held by your mother as an infant. Your body's like, oh, yeah, this is what it's like to feel relaxed and safe and so they cared have, for. They have a big Go spoon ahead. and a little spoon. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really nice. It's like your body just, your body knows that feeling and it just kind of goes into a state of uh, reset and refresh. And then, um, you know, we, when you're a puddle of goo on the bed, we get up and um, leave you there for a little <laughs> bit and then have you change back into your street clothes and bring you out and we do tea and uh, cookies on the couch. Oh my God. This sounds incredible. So I yeah, have I nice. haven't experienced the corona the corona corona. I haven't experienced the the corona uh, session, but session. I've definitely mm-hmm. experienced you know being the middle spoon, and it is like the most relaxed you, state. You I've sorry, you're kind of getting out. Oh, sorry, bit. sorry. Yeah, I've definitely experienced being the middle spoon, and it definitely is the most nice. re- relaxed state I've ever experienced. I, I just, I love that feeling. Yeah. It's so calming mm-hmm. and reassuring. And yeah, that sounds amazing. Well, I mean, this is, this is how our species evolved. You know, this is, you know, humans have always had to um, be physically close to each other to survive. Um, so, oh, the other thing I wanted to tell you about was our kind of in my biographical part of this is that um, in uh, 2017, I got out of a five-year relationship and I decided I didn't want to date anymore. And um, so I ended up writing a book about this topic, you know, because I I already knew that, you know, if I was in a sexual relationship, that it was going to be hard for me to get my touch needs met. So I wrote the book, Somebody Hold Me, The Single Person's Guide to Nurturing Human Touch, and it's designed to teach single people how to get their touch needs met. And uh, the current project that I'm working on is a similar book, but for couples about non-sexual touch. So um, this is my, uh, my purpose and my passion is to redesign human touch because the way that we do it now of equating touch with sex is not working for most of us whether we are single or in a relationship. It's, it's hard for people in relationships as well, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I always um, struggle with my connection with touch because pretty much touch is so sexualized or not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so working with someone, um, maybe for you know someone like myself, where do you start? So, um, so do you have, so I, I guess I'd need to know more. Do you have some sort of fear of touch? Like you don't like to be touched or I mean, yeah, are honestly, you... I, I don't feel like I ever need it. In fact, there's almost too much. Like I'm like, Oh my gosh, get out of my bubble. Like, and then I'm very hyper aware when someone's in my bubble who has not been invited. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I feel like it's just something that I have struggled with, but I would be more than happy to work on it. So there isn't such, um, 
a struggle between me and my partners <laughs> with it because they are either more touchy or not. Uh-huh. And so y'all have a hard time, like, kind of coming to a place where where everybody gets what they want, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so, I mean, with our, with our sessions... You know, it's like like the first time you come in, it's it's pretty set, but it's also very boundaried. You know, we ask before we we touch a specific um, body part. You know, so it's like we we definitely let the client feel like they're in control, so that they can relax into it. You know, it's like if you know that when somebody is going to say when if you say stop, that the person's actually gonna honor your boundaries, then, um, you know, it, I think it ironically allows people to relax into it some more. Um, and, you know, kind of knowing the parameters of it, you know, it's like, we're, you know, hey, we want to touch your feet now and give you the chance to, to say no to that, um, I think gives people a chance to play around with it. Um, I would also probably want to know from you, um, if you are aware of the differences between giving and receiving touch and if, you know, one is harder for you than the other, or if you don't like it when, um, you know, when somebody is, is say giving you touch, but they're giving you touch because they think, because they think that if they give you touch, then they'll get sex or what have you. Mm. Um, you know, I think it, um, it's helpful to, have it be have it be really clear and um you know do things where it's giving and receiving you know obviously when you're hugging somebody then um it it you know that's where you're giving and receiving at the same time but um you know i think i think if you can very consciously say okay you know this is what i want i i want you to rub my feet and then the person can do that without necessarily an expectation of getting something back as opposed to them going, Oh, Hey, if I rub her feet, then maybe she's going to want to have sex with me. You know, it's like it, it mm -hmm. tends to get murky for people. I think like that, um, because we're not communicating clearly about our desires and our boundaries. So, so is that part of the issue for you, Mariah? Is it the, that expectation of reciprocity or is it like a control issue? She says, said something that I have never considered. A hug is both giving and receiving. Like I see a hug as like, if I'm hugging you, that's just for you. That oh. is not for me. Oh, so like, you're, are you con you're consciously like not getting anything out of it? Um, or, or maybe it's do, just like, do you have a block? Yeah, I possibly, I really mm. think, you know, it's, it's been something I've always known. It's something I've struggled with. The only time I actually request touch and be like, please hold me is when I'm very, very ill or like in a really dark, low place. And that's pretty so only from my feeling husband. vulnerable. You, you like touch from the person you trust most in the world. Yes. <laughs> so what would it's you do with very a client small. like that, <laughs> Epiphany? Um, I mean, you know, actually, probably what I would do is want to work directly with your or work with your therapist so that the three of us were kind of working together because, mm -hmm. 
you know, it's it, it, it's hard, you know, I mean, there's people dislike touch for, for different reasons, you know, for some people, it's a biological thing, you know, maybe you just don't need as much for some people. It's an upbringing thing for some people. It's, you know, that they've had a bad experience with touch, you know, it's like if you don't or if you grew up in a family that wasn't touchy feely, then it's going to feel weird and foreign to you. Mm. Um, you know, so I mean, I guess, I guess the main question would be, you know, are, are you happy with that? And then is it just a matter of you going, you know, explaining to your partners that, Hey, this is just not something that I like and I crave and, you know, let's figure out a way to, work around it or you know if you're if you're poly then you know you're in great shape because then you're not in a position where you have to get everything that you want and need from one person Mm -hmm. um you know that's definitely one of the advantages that poly people have you know if you were in a monogamous relationship that would be a lot harder to you know then you'd have to be like okay we have to figure this out between the two of us um you know, and, and that's actually like one of the reasons why this thing of equating sex, touch with sex doesn't work for a lot of people who are in relationships, you know, because there's a lot, you know, just like people have different um, touch drives, they also, or sex drives, they also have different touch drives, I think. Mm. So, um, do you want to touch you know, more on that? <laughs> oh my gosh, I really um, didn't mean to make that pun. <laughs> But it just kind of came out. It was so good, though. Thanks. <laughs> so those, yeah, those different touch drives. I've never even considered that. What might some of those look like? Okay, so uh, there's basically, I think there's four of them. There's people who are touch averse, people, and those are people who just do not like to be touched for whatever reason. You know, like it could be physically painful, or they just, you know, they spend all their time trying to avoid it. Um, people who are touch sensitive, um, tend to be, they, 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 they will allow themselves to be touched and they sometimes like it, but it's a very, very select number of people. And, um, they also kind of try to avoid it in social situations. People who are touch situational tend to be really good at, uh, reading a room and you know or a situation and deciding um oh okay that it's appropriate to touch somebody like you know like they would make a distinction between like giving somebody a hug in a work situation or a social situation or something and then people who are touch enthusiasts just love touch and they're like gimme 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 and they don't really they just like go in for the hug without asking or without thinking about it or you know, without reading body language or something. And they just, you know, they don't understand that there are people out there who don't really like touch. But so. it's a spectrum, right? Because I feel like I fall somewhere in between the last two. Mm-hmm. Like I do, I love touch, but uh-huh. I do make an effort to read body language and use it appropriately. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think some of that is gender related. I, I think, you know, because women are, socialized to think more about other people's needs and desires so i think mm, um mm-hmm. we tend to be better at at reading those situations than than men and although i mean a lot of men a lot of times men um you know like they they really avoid touch them yeah. because they, they, have they to don't be want to be careful. seen as that guy uh, they have, yeah they have to be extra careful exactly it's not 
um, it's not as um, socially acceptable mm -hmm. for men to touch women or for men to even touch other men. And so, um, you know, a lot of men really end up being um, touch starved and touch deprived. And, you know, then on top of that, they deal with the whole idea that, you know, that the only way they can get their touch and intimacy needs met is through sex. So, um, you know, and they don't want to like say, oh, could you, you know, I'm having a bad day. Could you just give me a hug? Because, you know, they're afraid of appearing weak or what have you. So, right. so you just talk. had so many women who were listening that were like, yes, I, <laughs> I feel that because I, if, you're if cutting, my partner, you're in and out oh. again, sorry, no, that's I fine. Can't hear you. Any better now? <laughs> yep. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. Totally. Um, you know, I just thought I would imagine there's probably a lot of women who are just listening to that little bit and it's like, you just explained my husband or my partner, you know, like he's not yeah, he is Dutch uh, starved. And then it was the only way they can get it is through sex. And it really mm -hmm. isn't even the intent behind that touch. Um, but that's the only way that they've been socially conditioned or even and even, you know, emotionally um, conditioned between that partnership. And sorry, yeah. Pamela, yeah. I interrupted oh, no. you. You were saying something. That's totally OK. Um, well, I, I really want to talk about your your book. And okay. but but before but before we do that, um, how did we get into the situation? So talk to us about how our society um created this kind of like touch wasteland this like deprivation uh -huh. cesspool yeah um i think there's a lot of different factors involved um you know one of the one of the kind of most obvious ones to me is um the advent of electricity um you know like y'all are in utah i mean a hundred years ago before there was electricity you would have been sleeping in a bed with your entire family during the winter or else you wouldn't survive you know you'd freeze right. to death. um you know so for you know for and you know it, it, it's been that way since since human beings were alive you know it's like if you were a caveman you'd be sleeping together for warmth and safety you know to to keep from being eaten alive by wild animals or what have you so um you know, with the advent of electricity about 100 years ago, um, I think that we started becoming more physically separated from each other. Um, let's see what else. Um, about half of Americans are single right now. Um, that has led to, you know, and we're having children later. We're getting married later. Um, you know, family has been a primary source of touch for most of us. Um, about 25% of us live alone. Um, we are more um, uh, age demographically stratified. You know, it mm. used to be that you'd live in a multi-generational household and your um, the grandparents would take care of the grandkids and so forth. And, um, you know, you'd live in a much more communal way. We don't do that anymore. Um, we're all spending a lot more time on our devices. That's, you know, that one's kind of newer and more obvious. Um, we have more intimate relationships with our pets than we have in the past. A lot of people That's interesting. Um, use their animals for as a substitute for intimacy with other humans. Um, Do you think that's a healthy and, substitute? Mm, I mean, 
you know, it's, it's lovely. I, I, I don't think it's an either or, it's a both and, you know, mm. it's, it's like people, the pet, pets are wonderful support. And I think for a lot of people, you know, it's, it makes it easier because they can't reject you or they don't reject you right. most of the time. Well, I mean, unless the time they're they cats. Do, I, mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Okay. Uh, another reason I think that uh, people are that we're in this touch desert is um, we have much more intimate relationships with our animals than we did say 50 years ago. Um, people have become a lot more dependent on their pets and kind of using them as a substitute for intimate relationships, um, which in some ways can be a good thing, in some ways can be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, pets, pets are wonderful and they're wonderfully supportive and they're also not necessarily a substitute for other human beings, although we are using them. Uh, what else? I think we probably are having higher rates of um, mental health issues right now, whether that's depression or anxiety or addiction. Okay. So uh, another thing that I think is uh, going on for a lot of people, well, obviously technology, we, you know, we spend so much more time on our devices um, and also mental health issues. There's a lot more depression and anxiety and trauma and addiction that people are dealing with, which makes it hard to get close to other people. And um, our lives are very busy. You know, we, we all have, um, we're, we're filling up our leisure time with different activities. Um, although I think maybe the pandemic's wiped that out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, just in general, I mean, we don't have, we don't really make space in our lives for our relationships to be that with our friends, our lovers, our families, our parents, our kids, our extended families, our communities. Um, and so, yeah, we just have kind of found ourselves in this place where we don't have as much touch as we have in the past, which yeah. um, for some people, that's not necessarily a bad thing, obviously. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. but yeah, so you mentioned the pandemic that presents a whole host of issues on its uh, own, yeah. right? Like yeah, new, new challenges that we're facing, mm -hmm. um, trying to get those touch needs met. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot more, um, like, negotiation, I think, than a lot of us are um, are used to doing. You know, it's like you have to be very, very um, uh, clear and, um, and very open about what's going on. I actually had an experience a couple months ago, a friend of mine, um, had offered to become my cuddle buddy and he's polyamorous and so I went and I sat down and I talked to him and his wife and I was like you know these are the people that I spend time with and you know I I don't really I didn't really consider them in my germ pod because mostly I see them outdoors but you know we had this super long conversation and then a couple weeks later he tells me about somebody that he's been sleeping with and he had mentioned it before but had kind of mentioned it in passing and certainly didn't like bring it up when we were having this very detailed conversation about you know all the people in our different social circles and right. I was like wait a minute you know you endangered me 
you endangered that person. I don't know anything about her. I don't know if she lives alone. Does she have a retail job? You know, does she see her kids? You know, it's like, I can't make an informed decision about risk assessment unless you tell me about these things. And I was, I was really upset that yeah, we ended up not um, moving forward with it, but I was just like, you know, that's, that's something I need to know. This, these are not normal times. And I was just, I, I, I wasn't sure why this hadn't come up in conversation, you know, at that time, right. You know, it was just mentioned to me in passing another conversation, like a couple weeks earlier. And I was like, wait, I, I, I need that information. You know, we all, we, we need those sorts of information to make informed decisions right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, for, for those of us who are starved, touch, touch starved out there yeah. and, um, you know, especially now, um, what are, what are some recommendations that you give in your book for, uh, people to get those needs met? Yes. So I think the biggest, um, shift that, that can happen for people is, um, to, you know, again, this idea of taking sex out of, um, or taking touch out of sex, you know, it's like, I, I mean, a, a lot of people who are single, I think, have very intimate friendships. And, you know, it's like we depend on our friends to fulfill a lot of our needs. But at the same time, it's like we don't really touch our friends because that's something that you do with people that you're having sex with. And mm. so, um, the biggest thing that, that I do is to, um, ask people to practice touch in a very structured way and also in a group setting so that it becomes something that is, um, a social activity instead of a sexual activity. I mean, for most of us, sex is something that we only do one-on-one, -on -one, you know, with one other person, you know, in a bedroom with our clothes off and, you know, so it's like if you're doing it in a group of people, then it becomes more of a social activity. Um, I also ask people to to be like very slow in, you know, like there's a series of kind of exercises that you can do and it's designed to be done in a group and it's designed to um, physically get you closer to each other. You know, like you start out with just touching hands or just touching the person's face or feet or what have you and you know you don't get to the part like where you're hugging until the very end um and to do it in a very structured fashion at least the first time around the first time that you're playing with this because you know touch means something different to all of us and so if you do it in this very structured fashion where it's like okay now we are going to touch each other's hands. You know, it's like when you get to the end of that, then you have this, you've created a common frame of reference with the people that you're touching. Um, also being specific, you know, it's like, um, you know, somebody may love having their heads scratched, but for somebody else that might feel like actual torture. So, you know, being very specific in what you are asking for and how you do it. And um, also having this format where it's, you know, kind of in a set series of 
exercises that you go through, it gives you a chance to play around with it and experiment with it and find out what it is that you do like, you know, because most of us don't even really know or think about it, um, you know, or we, we don't have conversations about it. And also to make it so that it feels really safe for everybody who's involved, you know, to to recognize that, you know, different people have, that there's a lot of us have trauma around touch and that um, you want to, you want to, you know, it's like you, you don't want to be touched by somebody who makes you feel unsafe. You know, there's, we all have so many opportunities for that in the world, yeah. um, unfortunately. And so to make it something that feels good where you're like, yeah, I, this is something I actually want, you know, this is, this is touch that I want. Um, and then, you know, so it's like you go through this thing as a group and then you can get a little bit more relaxed and informal about it or informal because, you know, if I called you up and after we did that, if I called up my friend and said, Hey, you want to come over to the house and we'll watch a movie and cuddle, then they know that that's what I'm asking for and that I'm not like trying to sideload them with something different. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that's huge. I mean, if someone was like, come over and snuggle, I'd be like, ew, no. <laughs> um, because I thought, you know, I would immediately go to that. So right. when you were suggesting, you know, some of those, like a social friend group and, and kind of touch each other, it's okay and make it normalized and stuff. And my brain immediately went with Pamela's massage parties that <laughs> always end up in an orgy. So it just made me think of, not always, but, um, but okay, most they're of the well time. known to yes. end up in it. They might be a little notorious. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, yeah. I, but yeah, so how do you present that information to somebody or how, how do you, how do you ask your friends um, in a way that makes it really clear this is what I'm asking for? So one of the that I that I did in the book was I actually like wrote the sample email that you could send somebody but oh great you, know, you just you just have to be really um, I think you need to be really um, clear with people and just be like look you know this is something that I feel like is missing from my life and um, I could you know there's a lot of different ways I can do it but I want to have a, you know this level of um, intimacy with people that I know and I trust and you're one of those people and you know I propose that we try this experiment and see how it goes and you know see if we want to you know if we can do it awesome. um, you so, know it's it's definitely it's a risk there's no there's no way to I, I don't think for most people there's no real way to approach this without being like hey this is going to be something that's going to feel really weird and strange because yeah. we don't and that fear of rejection yeah i mean yeah you have to you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone and take a risk and and make yourself vulnerable and 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 hear no from people you know it's yeah. like you think when we get rejected that it's going to be the end of the world and uh, you know you can actually survive that believe it or not <laughs> if you and want then, to practice rejection on touch you can call me <laughs> <laughs> thank you mariah you yeah, yeah totally, totally. mariah's public service <laughs> you know what that'll uh, be the thing that i'm like sure yeah <laughs> and then i become a cuddler it'll be funny so how do you how do you know that you're choosing the right people to ask like who, who what parameters i guess um i mean you know there's I, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. I mean, 
um, you know, you could you could do it based on um, you know whether whether or not the person seems like they're a touchy feely person to begin with, mm-hmm. or um, you know, it could be the length of your your friendship, or um, you know, if you if you if you feel good being around them, you know, if when you see them and you say hello and you hug them you're like ah that feels really good you know yeah um yeah some people are just great huggers yeah those are the people i want to cuddle with yeah totally totally (laughs) you start rating all your friends you're like you're a five oh yeah no it's start no i've already (laughs) the systems okay so what am i I'm, I'm not I will gonna. T- I'm not I will gonna not tell be you offended because I am. Like I said, Mariah, I do not want to ruin our friendship. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a one. That. Okay, that's totally fine. I will take but, it. But you know, I mean, there there are some people who you know you don't you, you know so, some people give great hugs and then some people have to learn. You know, I don't. Yeah. You know, and and also because a I need lot a hug of class. the stuff in the a lot of the exercises in the books is more. Um, touch focus necess- I mean there's there's a there's a several exercises that are around hugging and cuddling but there's also you know stuff that's more um, focused touch you know gotcha you would like you know like run your hands along a person's arm or something so yeah so know, for is- for me when I think of touch need though it is that like cuddling that I'm seeking so I, I've recently found out that there's such a thing as a professional cuddler, people that you can hire yeah. to, to cuddle with you. Can you tell us more about that? I know you've, you've kind of been like in that community, right? Of yeah, touch and cuddling. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, it's, um, it, I, I think it, I think it first started out that there first started being cuddle parties, which was, you know, where a group of strangers would get together and you kind of go through a bunch of boundaries exercises and then you know you, you would go up to somebody and say, you know would you hold my hand or would you like a hug or can we spoon or what have you and um you know at the end of I've the done night that. people are just like you have no i have been to a cuddle party and what was your experience like can we can but, we yeah it was it was really cool but tell us about it. It was just, I mean, it yeah, was, it was it. super, it was super like non-sexual. Like we were all in like pajamas and um, like I hate pants. So I had taken pajama pants and like cut them off a little <laughs> bit below the knee. Um, and I had talked to the host and like got permission to do that first. Cause I was like, I, I'm not going to be comfortable in full pants. It's just not going <laughs> to work for me. And she was like, yeah, of course. But that might limit the people that then want, would want to cuddle with you. And, and consent is always was always a super important part. And like you said, there was there were boundary exercises where you always you, you don't get like a I guess or you don't get like a sure like you have to get a yes to cuddle with somebody. And um, I think I was really just kind of one of the only guys willing to show up to this. And I and I you know, you talked about conditioning where men feel like. You know, we get our physical needs met through sex, not through just touch. And so I think all the other guys were like, well, I don't need to cuddle. And so you're saying the majority of the participants were women? Yeah, I, I was probably 80%. Oh. There's probably 80% that's, women in that room. I don't know why that's surprising to me. I just assumed it would be about yeah, half and half. It, uh, I mean, a, lo- a lot of times, a lot of cuddle parties, a lot of men will show up because 
you know, they're single and they don't have any other opportunities to get touched, you know? So, yeah. so that must've been great. I mean, I guess that was great for you or I enjoyed it. You? I would do it again. I mean, cool. you know, after Corona goes away, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to really need it because I think people are, people, people are going to be starved, be really scared to touch other people when all is said and done with this. Um, so, so professional yeah. cuddlers, um, that profession grew out of the cuddle parties. I think so. I mean, there's, there's definitely some overlap. There's a lot of professional cuddlers who facilitate cuddle parties. And so, yeah, that is where you, make an appointment with somebody one-on-one and you go to them and um, you um, exchange sexual touch or non-sexual or touch, non-sexual touch yeah. me. So um, what is your opinion on utilizing that to get your needs met? I mean, I think it's great. There's, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, if you read any literature about sex workers, you know, you'll, you'll read a lot of stories about, you know, guys who come in and they're like, yeah, I just need somebody to hold me, you know, so yeah. it's, it's not uncommon. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons why somebody would seek that out, you know, maybe you're too busy to have a relationship, you know, maybe you have um, some sort of um, neurodivergent um, brain that, you know, doesn't makes it hard for you to date. Um, maybe you've just gotten out of a relationship and you don't want to dive into another one maybe you live someplace where you don't know anybody where you don't have friends that that you can hug um maybe you've been through some sort of trauma maybe you know there's a lot of people who it's like they wouldn't um they wouldn't want to ask their friends like i you know like what i'm talking about in the book but at the same time they're like oh yeah i would totally hire somebody for that so yeah um, you know, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of reasons for doing, you know, and I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's like, we're not taught any of this stuff, you know, it gives you, it gives you very basic building blocks for relationship skills, you know, yeah. asking for what you want, saying yes and no, That's so true. you know, I mean, these are all good things for people to learn. With your book, um, what kind of feedback did you get from it after that has been out you know people saying yes I didn't know about this or thank you so much like what are some success stories that you have come across <laughs> I think one of my favorite reviews for from one of my friends was like she's like I keep reading it but I keep throwing it down because you're right that's so cute yeah yeah it's you know it's like i i mean the main thing i I think the main takeaway is you know it's like even if you don't go through all the exercises in the book and do it all just to even be thinking about this topic you know because it's like it's something that a lot of people just don't really think about you know and it's like a lot of times people don't think about it until they get out of a relationship and they're like oh fuck I'm not you know I'm not getting (laughs) touch anymore you know I mean I I'm at a point I haven't had sex in almost three years and I'm a bitch and my body feels horrible you know I'm just like 
you know, and, and it's been really hard with COVID because, you know, like I have a few friends that I would normally cuddle with and, you know, one of them has kids and her husband's a, a teacher and, you know, so they, they've got a little bit more exposure than I'm comfortable with. And then one of my other friends, um, her kid is a little bit immune compromised. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I don't want to, you know, so it's like I've been, I've been cut off, cut off for, from a lot of that. And it's just been a lot harder. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's exactly why we wanted to talk about this subject on a sex podcast. Yeah. Right? Totally. Because I think people do have a hard time separating the two. And I think mm-hmm. it's so important for us to be aware so that people can step back and say, oh, wait a minute, you know, I can get this need met in this way. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be through sex. I mean, just kind of the way, the way that we think about relationships and that we think about sex has really um, changed a lot in the last hundred years. I mean, if you think about it, you know, a few hundred years ago, it's like marriage was a business transaction. It was arranged and, you know, because there was, uh, you know, a, a reason for, you know, a business arrangement for two families to combine their wealth or, you know, bloodlines or what have you. Um, and, you know, this idea that we marry the person that we're madly in love with and um, that they're going to fulfill all of our needs. and Forever. Um, yeah, Until forever. We die. It's like, yeah, yeah that, doesn't, that doesn't really, it hasn't worked that way for a while. Yeah. Right. So. so true. Well, it's been yeah. wonderful. I love talking about all the things. I mean, just because I don't connect well with touch doesn't mean I'm not interested or or. Um, completely unaware of other people's needs too and so it's great just to hear it from one side to the other yeah and you know it's okay and I mean I, I think I think that I mean I think that your viewpoint is completely valid because you know for the most part you know there there are some exceptions but you know if so touch feels better when it's consensual and it's absolutely valid for you to say no this isn't my jam and I don't want it and need it and you know to feel okay with that you know and not be you know because actually God I know I have friends who are like very touch sensitive or touch averse and you know they get they get shamed because they don't want to hug people you mm-hmm. know they're like this isn't my thing oh come on you know it's just a hug and it's like that's yeah. not okay either. You know, it's like we want people to be able to have as much or as little touch as they want. You know, it's like, you know, we're, we're in this weird place where we have too much unwanted touch, but yet people are touch starved. And, you know, it's like, I mean, most people don't even know what that feels like. You know, it's like we spend a lot of time talking about touch we don't want, but we don't really talk about touch that we do want. Yeah. That's fantastic so, to bring that in. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, the, the consent pieces is, is huge and important. And, um, you know, I also, I sometimes I wonder about, you know, if we had more opportunities to get more of the kind of touch that we wanted, if we'd have less unwanted touch, but maybe not, you know, because it's more, it's more 
about power, about that idea of power yeah. over, I think, as, as opposed to biological I mean, sometimes it's power and sometimes it's us just bumbling through life. Right. And not realizing, <laughs> not realizing that not, we're not overstepping boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That awareness. So the more we talk about it, um, yeah, I do feel like the healthier everyone can become. So thank you so much for sharing all that. Did you have any other questions? Um, no. Okay. We're good. Sorry. Yes. Just, no. <laughs> what, what was the title of your book again? And, and where is it available at? Oh, the title of the book is Somebody Hold Me, The Single Person's Guide to Nurturing Human Touch. And um, you can find it at most e-retailers. It's, um, there's a digital and a paper copy and also an audiobook copy. Oh, awesome. fabulous. Yeah, and the audio check that copy out. comes with like some downloadable PDFs that have some of the written stuff that you'll need. So Nice. And you're collecting data right now for your next book um, that you mentioned at the beginning. Um, yes. If, if people want to get in touch with you about that, are you... Would you, would you like them to email you? That would be great. Okay. Um, my website is uh, com. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you can just hit my contact form. Yeah, I'm looking to interview couples that have lived together for more than three years. And um, I specifically want to talk to the person in the relationship who says that they want more touch. <laughs> Brady volunteers know how to yeah I would add, yeah Brady if you want to talk about it let's talk about it um you know it's like I have ideas about what should be in the book but I need to know specifically what the people he um, will only and, consent if you can do the interview cuddling him <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> I want to do the inter- I want to do the interview like being held underneath uh, well I want to be sort of like on top of a pile of cuddling people or and, just, then, and then we'll talk about it. Just maybe a, you, you just need the Karuna session, right? Yeah, Where you get to be the middle spoon. I got to be honest with you. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I love the, the tea afterwards, too. I love, I really I love need, that part. I need this I love in my life. Part. Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't sound bad. Yeah. I just sort of, I might walk out of there feeling guilty. Feeling guilty about what? They took it all? I don't know. I feel took like maybe it's a guy thing, but I just sort of just like, no, that's not. I I do these things. I don't get these oh, things. Oh, you don't want to be on the receiving uh, yeah, end. That's, that's, that becomes problematic. You know, that's actually a common thing. Like a lot of times we'll be in the, the you know, we'll be in the cuddle with a guy and they'll be like, um, they'll be like, can we touch your backs too? And I'm like, no, I just have to lay there and receive. And that's or am I just really huff? hard for people to do. That's so that's such an important lesson to learn though, it's Brady. Just to be able yeah. to take it's it to be able to receive. But you know, Mariah, that's one that you need to Listen learn. to someone l- l- the pot <laughs> calling the kettle black right. over here, yeah. yeah. Hey. Hey. I think that's why I receive more than I need. I'm overflowing than I'm like I'm drowning now. Gotcha. Back the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I have to push people away sometimes, and I was like, enough. I'll de- I'll I'll definitely okay. get on the website and and fill out your survey because uh, it's um it's oh, something. It's, not a, it's, it's not an not interview. A it's an interview. Oh, an interview. Oh, I misunderstood yeah. that part. Okay. Yeah. So if Brady and anyone else who's interested in contributing to her research, just go on her website and get in, in touch with her. Let her that know how they fantastic. can. How they. I would, I would yeah. love that. Yeah. And if they want to join in the conversation here, they can do that at saltysexcast at gmail.com or find us at Twitter at saltysexcast. And Facebook. 
Thank you. And I if, won't ever talk about Facebook. And if you want, if you have questions um, um, for Epiphany that we can pass them along um, or get you in touch with more of those details too. Yeah. So. Please reach out to us. Um, yeah. And yeah, that'd be great. And become, please become a patron at patreon.com forward slash salty sex cast you can get all kinds of cool behind the scenes stuff we we give exclusive content on there you can get mariah's margarita recipe if you recipes and if you become (laughs) a 50 dollar a month patron you can also watch brady do a striptease it's true and And you guys volunteered me for that like the worst year possible for my (laughs) fitness and I did it. This we are isn't just gonna about have... you looking your sexiest ever. This is about you feeling your sexiest ever. I right? do. I do. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. But w- I also want to just thank all of our patrons right now that we currently have. You guys have been making um, contributions that really have helped the studio and our audio quality and everything like yeah. that. So, And a little shout out to Sassy Box You're for amazing. supporting us. All right, uh, Epiphany. Thank you so much for talking yeah, with us thank today. You. It's been I, awesome. I appreciate y'all having me on the show, and um, yeah, good. Uh, glad to be able to con- contribute to this uh, conversation, and I hope your readers or your listeners did come away thinking about this topic a little differently. Awesome. I know I did. So, yeah, cool. it was great. Good All right. deal. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And our listeners, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. Stay sexy and salty. (laughs) Bye. Yeah. What's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the thing. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.